Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees. Well, spring training comes to a close, so we'll do a little wrap-up report on the Yankees, who's hot, who's not going into the season. And, of course, go over the big news. Anthony Volpe will be in the opening day lineup for the New York Yankees. Kind of a bit of a surprise, but not really. We'll kind of, you know, give you my thoughts on that, as well as just go over some of the latest injuries. Of course, Luis Severino, kind of a blow to the Yankee rotation. And a little, little fun at the end, we'll do a little Yankee opening day trivia to see test your knowledge of the Yankees. And I won't go too, too far back, but there's going to be a couple of tough ones in there, but a couple of easy ones there. So, so you want to get all that before we start. Got a whole season ahead of us, and maybe didn't do it last season. I don't know why you didn't do it last season, but there's an audio podcast version of the show. Uh, get additional content you can't see here, TV or anywhere else. It's only for you podcast subscribers. So wherever you get your favorite podcast, look up Section 420 Talking Yankees, the podcast, subscribe, and we have a whole season ahead of us. Um, get some get some in, uh, takes, you get some hot takes, get some cold takes, get some uh, fan memories by me. Again, stuff you can't get to see here, so make sure you subscribe. Same thing with Coleman Yankees beginning to spring training. You know, obviously they invited Jason Dominguez as well as Volpe there. Now they kind of told you know, us off the bat that Jason Dominguez, there was no shot he was going to make the team. Again, they just kind of wanted to get a little experience there. But they kind of put up there that there might be an opportunity for Volpe uh, to join the team. But it was still kind of like he really has to blow the doors off the handles. Well, he blew the doors off the handle, winning the shortstop job. Um, you know, it was kind of a trio there with um, Oswald Peraza as well as IKF. But of course, you know, Peraza didn't really have a terrible spring training but Volpe um, you know the numbers spoke for himself and he just kind of forced uh, Boone's and Cashman's hand there man hitting over 300 300 three home runs 16 hits in total five stolen bases and not only you know with the bat but as well defensively just looks very comfortable there um, you know uh, playing the infield for the Yankees so you know really had no choice I mean it'd be hard to keep this guy down at least you could use the, the, the excuse with Dominguez even though Dominguez was mashing as well that hey look he's only 19 years old we still want to get him a full season at least you know of double and triple a under him just to like you know a little more season before bring him up obviously Volpe had had kind of you know got enough experience in the minors last season so he would be a little bit more ready of the two but it really took you know a tremendous spring by Volpe to you know to get this honor and looks like you know again he worked for it and got it and uh you know it's, you know, it's just for a 21-year-old, kind of, you know, reminiscent of Derek Jeter. In fact, you know, even 96, we didn't think Derek Jeter was going to be Derek Jeter. Kind of just, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, hey, well, Tony Fernandez hurt his groin, they brought Jeter up, and then Jeter's exploded. So this guy comes with a lot more, you know, expectations than Jeter did back in 96. So we'll see how he handles it. But again, he just seems very mature. Um, you know, everyone just says great things about him. It just seems like this is a really good guy. So, um, you know, this is good for, good for him. Congratulations for him. Unfortunately for Barraza, um, he will be um, start the season in AAA. Now, we kind of thought it would be the other way around. Even even with Volpe having maybe a better spring than Peraza, they figured this with Peraza since he was up last season. Again, they used him in the playoffs, and again, he looked you know, confident and fine there. You figured even with that, still Volpe would probably start in the minors and it would give the nod to Peraza. But again, this Volpe was just so good spring. Really, I mean, the whole spring has just been hot. So, I mean, you, you can't really argue against it. So, I mean, he did win out the job. And, of course, with IKF, um, you know, they're going to try him out. We'll see how this center field thing that really takes, if they're really going to use him out there fully. I mean, you know, obviously he would be normally the shortstop there, but uh, at shortstop, it would Volpe, obviously, much better offensively, uh, offensive weapon than IKF there. So kind of makes IKF a little bit the odd man out. We'll see what goes there. But again, he can play third if he needs to be. And we'll see, maybe just they put him in center until Beta comes back. But he's obviously going to have to fight for some uh, playing time there himself. And this is something that I think the fans have been wanting. You know, it'll be hard to sell to the fans and how to have Volpe start to see just how good he's been this spring. And, you know, it's just good to see the Yankees finally do this. You know, you, you see 
always put the handcuffs on their players. You see what they did with Job Chamberlain, the Job rules, and then I always have like Andahar and Clint Frazier come up, go down, go up, up down, up, down. It seemed like they messed a lot of these guys up. Is this good now? You know, get, play the young guys if he's ready. I understand with Dominguez, maybe figures is a little too young. Okay, I understand that one. But if Volpe seems ready, throw him out there. You see what the Astros did with Pena, and that paid off, and hopefully it pays off for the Yankees. So Volpe is the I guess number one news story to end the spring training for the Yankees. Probably the number two. It's probably a little bit bad news that Luis Severino is going to be on the IL to start the season. Again, the Yankees rotation. You know, going into the season, you know, our eyes were wide. You figure, oh, we're gonna have Cole, and then they sign Rendon. You have Severino number three. Nesta went back to number four, and Frankie Montas hopefully bounces back. Um, you know, after this point in 2022, well, that that's pretty much all gone to shambles. Now, not totally because they're all coming. Most of them are coming back. Montas maybe towards the end of the year, but of course, bad news for the Yankees not having Severino there to start the season. Now, he did not have a good spring. We know that, and he was kind of saying, "Well, I'm working on stuff. I'm working on my slider. Don't worry about it." And he kind of felt confident. You know, he's a veteran, even as a young guy, but still a veteran. It's like, okay, fine, he's working on stuff. Well, it turns out probably why he hasn't been really that good this spring is that the lat um, that bothered him last season. Pace had to uh, strain it again. Now, supposedly it's not as bad as the strain was last season, which pretty much took him out almost for all the second half of the season, even a little bit of the first half as well. I mean, he got off to a great start of the season, but it had that lat issue, and then you didn't see him until September. Had a couple of warm-up games, and then was very good in the playoffs and effective, but uh, unfortunately, it could be a situation where we're looking at that again, really... Again, anytime you go with a lat or an oblique, it's just kind of tricky to t- timeline. So they're not really giving a timeline, but they said the strain isn't as bad as last season. But again, very disappointing to start the season. Of course, with Rendon, again, having the um, uh, the forearm issue with him, he's probably not going to be available to at least the later part of April. So, you know, you, you at least have, you look forward to this, like, you know, even though you had the news, okay, you, you were going to have Montas, okay, fine. You know, you kind of accept that. Figure, I put Herman or Schmidt there in the number five hole, and that's fine. But now you lose two other um, studs like that. Now you're really starting off the season. Um, you know, kind of your starting rotation, a little bit of shambles. Now, you know, early in the season, don't worry about too much because you're not going to really stretch your stars out that much, and you can probably use your middle relief and bullpen guys a lot. So, again, not really a, a terrible, but you got to be worried that because now it's the same injury that Severino had last season, and it's just hard to put a timeline on it. So, we just got to hope it's not a situation like last season that dragged on and on and on. Now, according to Severino, he said again, during the playoffs that the Yankees, you know, they held him out too long. He could have came back much sooner, but, you know, they're going to baby them because obviously, you know, they want to make sure that they avoid a huge chunk of time that happened last season. So, We'll see, you know, how far it goes. But in the meantime, the Yankees, you know, do have a couple of options. Of course, you know, uh, and the ironic part that Severino's last start before this, you know, injury fit, you know, was announced was probably his best one. It had nine strikeouts. So it looks like he was on his way there. But I guess, you know, uh, just cropped up now. So they're going to have to shut him down a little bit. And he's probably going to have to start all over again uh, in a way. But, again, the Yankee options there. Of course, we had Clark Schmidt. Uh, again, having a pre- pretty decent spring. Um, you know, ERA is a little high over five there. But, you know, he's added this new cutter and it seems to be quite effective. So he's probably someone's... You know, he's probably going to get some little start, starts as well as now uh, Domingo Herman, who has not really had a good spring, but just kind of out of default, kind of have to go with him there. You also have Johnny Brito, um, again, impressive. You know, his last outing, um, 16 up, 16 down, uh, you know, some perfect frames there. So that's something to be thrown into the mix. But of course, you have your ace Cole, that's fine. And then eventually, uh, you know, with a week or two into the season, that still be available. So again, it's not terrible, but it's just kind of annoying because your expectations was at least having those, you know, four horses up there at the top. Now you're just going to have like two and a half horses in this. You got to hope that Rodon comes back at some point. And as spring training was winding down, it also meant the end of the World Baseball Classic, the 2023 version of it. And it was a huge success. Again, the final game, Japan beating Team USA with, you know, Otani striking out his teammate Mike Trout there in a big dramatic spot. And, you know, the, the feedback and the ratings were great. It was actually better than some, you know, uh, 
MLB uh, postseason games back from October there. So, um, you know, this was probably the, probably the best, I guess, display for the World Baseball Classic. So, you know, it means a lot moving forward. And you may remember a few episodes ago, had Shorten Spradling, kind of, he's kind of an expert on the World Baseball Classic there, kind of previewing it there. So this is kind of a good wraparound. And, of course, the star of the show was basically Otani. Um, this was basically his you know, kind of center stage for him, which, you know, he can't really get with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim just playing on a team that's terrible there. You know, and, and it's kind of you hearing that word that he would like to go play somewhere else. Maybe the Mets just get somewhere, you know, on a bigger stage. And you can see what he could do there. And speaking of Otani, he's going to get a real big payday in 2023. So with his contract extension, he has a one-year extension on the contract for 30 mil. So, you know, again, now he's a two-way player. So they guess they wanted to, you know, arbitration-wise, he could maybe get a little bit more there. But they settled um, this one year for 30 million. But according to Forbes, he's getting another $35 million just from endorsements. Uh, so it's $65 million that Otani is expected to make here in 2023. And of course, he's going to be a free agent after the, the year and is who knows what type of money he's going to get. And of course, you hear words like the Dodgers and because you hear word um, the Mets, Steve Cohen. I don't think the Yankees are going to be players for him just because... I'm sure he would like to like to play for the Yankees, but again, you have to bid against the Dodgers and even the Mets, and it kind of feels funny that the Yankees um, having to you know compete against the Mets and maybe can't compete against the Mets. That's with Cohen, but I don't think Hal is going to you know spend the big bucks on Otani there like that. If he just spent 360 million dollars on Judge there, so even though Otani may want to come here, if you have, if you're a Yankee fan, I just don't see any. I just don't see because I mean, if he's going to be making like 30 mil this year, he's going to be. You're looking at maybe possibly a 50 million year or 60 million for this guy per season, and I can see the Dodgers playing that. I can see the Mets playing that, paying that. I can't see the Yankees and Hal Steinbrenner paying that. So no hopes of Otani coming to the Bronx. So for the Yankees this spring, they finished several games under 500. Now it's not really something to worry about, but you like to have, kind of have like a winning attitude and just be, you know, have a accustomed to winning going into the season. Now you know you can have a great spring and then you know lose your first four games in a row of the regular season and it doesn't really matter. But with the Yankees, you know, they started off well, but you know towards the middle and end part of spring wasn't that great. So we'll look at some of the players, maybe some that you should worry about, maybe you shouldn't worry about, and maybe some that have surprised you. So I'm not going to really grade them A, B, or C, D like that, but I'll just point out some players, you know, someone like a Michael King who, again, coming back from injury, how is he in spring? Because he's going to be an important cog, as well as Clay Holmes, who was, again, pitched in playoffs, kind of injured there, and you was like, we'll see him healthy, and be the Clay Holmes we saw at the beginning of last season when he was probably maybe the best closer in baseball. So we'll look at a couple of players there. Again, who's hot, who's not, um, you know, and again, who's surprising you? So right off the bat, I'd be worried about Gio Carl Stanton. Now, I remember last season, you know, he was an all-star for the Yankees, but again, got hurt a little bit, was out for a while, came back, and really wasn't an effective player for him in, in you know, towards the uh, end of September there. And in October, didn't really do much for all for the Yankees. Again, looked pretty hideous there, just striking out a lot, and this looks slow and looks sluggish. And kind of it would make you worry a little bit. We figure, all right, maybe, you know, a little offseason, he'll come back with a little more pep in the step. But this spring has not been good for him at all. Uh, again, zero home runs, hitting only 222, um, just has like 10 hits in 45 at-bats and three RBIs. Really nothing to be impressed with. You would, I mean, you know, I mean, here's a guy who could potentially hit like 40, 50 home runs, and he has zero for spring. So that's got to concern you a lot. Just in fact, also, he did not have a good second half of last season. He's kind of someone you have to worry about as well, just because he's under contract for a couple more seasons, and you're on the hook for this guy. And just seemingly, you know, as a DH or even wants to play outfield a little bit, at the very minimum, he's got to be mashing some home runs. So hopefully, that's you know, maybe it's just 
Maybe it's just a swing thing. Maybe it's just a hot, cold thing. And maybe he'll heat up once the season starts. But again, he had an ice cold spring and he's got to be worried about a little you know, that. Now, Rizzo, kind of the same case, only hitting 211. Um, just only had like one home run in spring. So again, that's kind of pitiful. Um, again, he's a guy that for the Yankees, he hit like, you know, 30, he had like 32, 34 home runs for the Yankees last season. So again, you would like to see him get a couple more long balls in spring. That wasn't the case there. And, you know, only eight hits in 38 at bats. So, Really not that good again, hitting 211. So those two are supposed to be, you know, kind of your, you know, the, we'll see the way Boone makes a lineup, but more often than not, they're going to be your three and four hitters uh, right in the middle of the Yankee lineup there. And if they're your, your main power hitters, really provided no production in spring training. So that's got to worry you, you, a bit, you a lot there if you're, you know, you're a Yankee fan. And probably the top four is going to be most often than not. You're probably going to see DJ leading off. You'll probably see Judge in the number two hole. Probably Rizzo in three, and then Stanton at four. And then after that, it's variation depending who's playing. If Donaldson playing, is, is Gleyber Torres playing, is Volpe playing, that will work out. But those are going to be a top four. But for two of those four to not have a good spring training, again, that's got to be worrisome. And on the pitching end, I'd be worried about Domingo Herman pitching to an ER of 8.71 in spring. Again, got bombed around a lot. And he's someone you have to depend on because... At first, and you thought, all right, he'll be, possibly be a um, you know a replacement for Frankie Montas in number five hole there. Well, now with both uh, Severino and Rondon out for a while, you're gonna have to de- you know you're gonna have to depend on Harmon probably for a couple times with the rotation. At least to those two guys come back, at least one of them come back. And again, he's had a bit of an ugly spring, so it doesn't bode well for the Yankee rotation to at least start the season. But the two other Yankee position players I, I mentioned that would be on the top of the Yankee lineup, that would be DJ LeMayu and Judge, have had good spring trainings. And mainly you're worried about not really Judge with the contract or stuff, but more DJ, of course, had the fractured foot from last season, uh, which, again, made him unavailable for the playoffs for the Yankees. And obviously he opted not to have the surgery and said he just did you know, non-surgical rehab. Seemed like it's work. And, he's, again, he's had a decent spring, hitting upwards to 333. Only one home run. That's okay with five RBIs. But, again, He's, he's a guy at the top of the lineup there that you just want him spraying the ball. You want him to get on base and let the guys behind him hit the home runs there. So good spring training for DJ LeMayu so far. And he's going to, again, hopefully um, not having the surgery on the foot you know, was the right move. And hopefully it's not something that crops up on him later in the season. And as for Judge, I mentioned, getting upwards of 359. Um, only two home runs, but still that's okay. It's Judge. It's fine. Um, seven RBIs. But you know, he's looked, looked good. So it you know, looks like the big contract. Um, you know, um, hasn't really affected him. You know, you might figure you'll just be a little be a little skittish of that. But again, he's a he's a you know judge is judge. He's cool. He, he's he can handle the stuff and having a good spring training. So I didn't think that would affect him, and it hasn't affected him. And he's been good in the field as well, gunning guys down. You know, on the bases there. So you know, judge looks like judge. DJ looks like DJ. You just have to make sure that. I don't really worry about Rizzo's more, but we just really Gio Colestan because he did, had a really a miserable second half of 2022. So hope that doesn't carry on to start the season. And even though Anthony Volpe has been getting all the hype, and deservedly so, but really pound for pound, you could probably say the Yankee player who had probably the best um, spring training for, has been Oswaldo Cabrera there. Um, again, so you figure maybe last season came up, he'll be a little cocky, but no, I mean, he's been actually hitting upwards of 340 with 18 hits, four home runs, 14 RBIs, again, playing multiple positions. So, um, again, he's, he's not going to get the fanfare of Volpe. This is because all the expectations of Volpe, but Cabrera has had a tremendous. Again, you might make the case he had probably the best spring training of all the Yankee players. And, of course, he's probably definitely going to take that left field job once the season starts there from Aaron Hicks, who hasn't been terrible, Hicks. You know, obviously only one home run, and Hicks only hit around 280. So, okay for him, I'll take that. But, um Head above shoulders, uh, Cabrera definitely would get the nod over Hicks in left field because, you know, just Cabrera's just looking phenomenal there. It's just, you know, he just right now he's just not getting all the fanfare Volpe is, but again, he looks great for the Yankees. Uh, I'm not going to say 
I mean, even though technically he came until the end of last season, but technically it's kind of like his second season as a Yankee. And again, he seems very mature. Does not like seem like he's being cocky about it, and he's taking this, taking this seriously. And again, hitting well over 300. And again, great great way to start the season. Now, one Yankee player who a lot of fans had their eyes on, probably didn't want to burn a hole for him, has been Josh Donaldson. Um, again, you heard a lot of fans calling to you know trade him, get rid of him during the offseason. Well, he's kind of hard. He makes a lot of money, so you know you knew at some you know pretty much the Yankees were going to at least have to start the season with him. But you want to see you know can he bounce back at least have a better season than last season and so far the spring has been decent hitting up to towards uh, 263 four home runs as well as 10 rbis now supposedly he tweaked the swing a little bit remember donaldson always has a high leg kick and maybe this leads to a lot of strikeouts um so far so average wise a little bit better and last season he finished at 222 again this was miserable during the playoffs and both him and hicks were hearing it from the fans but mo- mostly donaldson i say was probably pu- public enemy enemy number one there so if you want to look at hicks again hitting a little two around 280 okay again you only one home run you're not impressed with, but look at to see Donaldson bounce back a little bit, and again, maybe tweaking the swing will help him a little bit. Again, 37 years old, so you know, as you approach 40, you don't see him get, getting any better, but it's hard to see how he could be any worse than he was last season, which is just very disappointing. Again, uh, he's not you, you, it's a guy who figure at least hit like around 20 home runs, and you know, at least maybe hit around like 250, 26, like that. So if he's hitting 260 now, maybe again he could be a better version of he was last season. Defensively, he'll be fine. You don't really worry about him there. You just can't have you know hit him hit like 222 because that's his, that's his putrid. It's too many strikeouts, and especially during the playoffs, yeah, it, it, it was just, it was just awful for him. So. Good to see him, and again, hopefully he surprises us all and has you know a decent year at third base. Now, if the Yankees have any sort of World Series aspirations, they got to make sure that they're you know two guys at the back of the bullpen, Michael King and Clay Holmes, are top notch. Because again, you need those guys like to, to be one hundred percent. That's probably the Yankees' best shot, you know, to get to the World Series and win it. And again, a little questions mark about them. Again, King went down last season, needed the surgery. Clay Holmes had the shoulder issue. Again, he was able to gut out in the playoffs, but. Um, you know, can they come back and be full? And again, you think when the Yankees kind of sort of faltered a little bit last season when they were kind of almost at 40 games over 500, the first again, domino fall was Michael King. And again, had the offseason surgery and he was ready for spring training. You want to see, all right, can he bounce back? Can he, be, you know, can he be the king he was last season? Well, so far, based on spring, seems to be that guy pitching to an ERA under one uh, with 11 strikeouts and 9.2 innings. So again, it's only. It's only about a, a sample size of 10 innings. But again, he looks like the guy we saw last, last season. So good, it's really great news for the Yankees, as well as Clay Holmes, um, pitching to an ERA a little under two um, with six strikeouts in five innings. So again, small sample sizes, but again, you need you need your eighth and ninth inning. I mean, remember back in the old days with the Yankees and Rivera and Stanton and now it's like that, you need top line relievers. Now the Yankees... Dodged a little bit of a bullet that last uh, this past offseason was able to use Loisaga and Waldy Peralta and kind of piece things together and use Holmes here and there like that able to you know it's kind of scotch tape their way through it and it kind of worked and again Loisaga did you know answer the bell and he was you know pretty good and so it's good to know he can handle that but still I think for the Yankees to really go far this season you need King to be King and he needs to be the eighth inning guy and Cl- Holmes we need the Holmes we saw last season uh, at least before you know he j- had the shoulder issues and so far they kind of seem that way so good news for the Yankees. And staying on the pitching, and again, Clark Schmidt has been getting a lot of accolades during spring training. Uh, yeah, ERA a little high, a little over five there, but with 25 strikeouts and 19.2 innings there. So you like to see the strikeouts. Again, he's kind of worked in this new cutter. Uh, seems to be very effective for him. Um, yeah, and did start five games. So it seems like the Yankees have been stretching him out in spring. So again, 
expect him to get probably the majority of starts, at least you know, until the Yankee rotation you know, gets their pieces back, and mainly in Severino Rendon. And again, Schmidt been more, much more effective than Herman, so Herman might get knocked down a peg. Maybe they use Herman in the long relief and then have some of the, one of the minor leaguers uh, start some of those games. But you know, until until then, I would expect Clark Schmidt uh, to make up, you know, pick up the slack for the loss of Severino as well as the loss of Rendon until those two come back. So that's the scouting report on the Yankees as we close spring training and can transition to the start of the 2023 baseball season. And since we're on the time period of opening dayness, I figure we'll have a little fun this episode. So we're going to do a little opening day, but Yankee opening day trivia. Um, throw you some questions out there. I try to make it, you know, not too easy, but not too hard because, you know, I'm saying I want to ask you about, like, the, you know, the 1930 Yankees. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think too many people alive that remember the 1930 Yankees. So we'll try to keep it semi-contemporary, but I might throw a few curveballs in there. But leading off... Give me the two Yankee starting pitches that started six consecutive opening day games in a row. There's two of them. Now, I'll give you a clue. They're both a lefty. So think about which Yankee lefty has been around here. Well, at least was around here for a while. They maybe say, hmm, could have pitched six opening days in a row. Now, one of them, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, this is one of the curveballs, is from way back when. I'm talking about like the you know, Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth era. So, there was a left-hander back then, and there was a left-hander that was much more contemporary. So, give you a few seconds, let you think about it. An old lefty from back in the 30s, and a more contemporary lefty for the Yankees. Ding! The answer will be CeCe Sabathia, who did it for the New York Yankees from 2009 to 2014. And then Lefty Gomez who did it for the Yankees back from 1932 up through 1937. So there you go, two lefties. Now, I gave you the lefty clue there, so you can't say it was a trick question. I kind of helped you out. Which position player, so it's a position player, not a pitcher, so I'm helping you out a little bit, started the most opening day games for the Yankees in a row? Now, I'm going to give you a clue, a little hint. He, I guess you could use the C word, captain. He might have been a captain. So which, which I guess, a captain had the most consecutive opening day games for the Yankees. Do you know any, do you know any Yankee captains? You, are you familiar with any? Familiar with any? It's been a couple. You know, I don't want to say the, the answer, but do you know any Yankee captains? Boom, Lou Gehrig. So now you might think, wait, we're not Derek Jeter, but no, it's Lou Gehrig with 14 seasons. Uh, did it for the Yankees uh, from 1926 all the way up to his, unfortunately, his final year uh, there in 37. So 14 years there. Now, a close second is you probably wouldn't be thinking about it, and he's not a captain, was Willie Randolph actually had 13 consecutive um, opening day games for the Yankees. They're mainly at, uh, pretty much at second base there. He did that from 1976 up to 1988. Now, you might think, hey, Derek Jeter was a Yankee for like 19 seasons, wasn't he? But you remember that actually in 2001, he actually didn't start opening day. It was actually Luis Soho. Um, little short, shortly before, I think, in spring training, actually Jeter injured his quad, so he actually wasn't available for opening day. So it was actually, so from 96 up to 2000, Jeter started those five years in a row. Then you had uh, Luis Soho in 2001. Now for the next 11 seasons, it was Derek Jeter there from 2002 up to 2012. Now, 2013, as maybe you don't recall, actually, Eduardo Nunez started shortstop for the Yankees, and that's because in the 2012 playoffs, that was the, the time Derek Jeter broke his ankle, so again, he wasn't available to start the 2013 season, uh, but he would eventually join the team later in the year, and that would be, again, the final year of both Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit, and of course, Jeter was able to play with them. Um, of course, Jeter came out and took the ball from, uh, uh, I believe, Rivera there in just that final moment at the Yankee Stadium where he got, got teary-eyed and all like that, so, so there were, again, with now, if 
the 2001 and the 2013 situations didn't happen, then yeah, you probably would have seen a situ- situation of Derek Jeter starting 19 consecutive opening days days in a row for the Yankees. But unfortunately, because of the injury uh, to, for the, to the quad in 01 and then to the ankle in 13, Jeter missed those two seasons there. So still the winner there is Lou Gehrig, who had 14. Okay, so that could have been a little trick question, maybe a little hard, unfair. I mean, you shouldn't, as a Yankee fan, know who Lou Gehrig is. And okay, maybe, you know, you know he played a ton of years, but maybe, you know, it kind of threw you off a little bit. But I'll, I'll give you an easy one here, so we'll ease it up a little bit. And this one you should get. Um, even if you're a young Yankee fan, I think you still, this one should be general knowledge. So who started, I guess, the, I guess the starting pitcher for the Yankees uh, for the 1999 season? So 1999, think of the Yankees starting rotation. Who would start opening day for the Yankees? Shouldn't be that hard. It really shouldn't be hard. 1999. What, what, what players were on the Yankees in 1999? And who, who, whoever them would see, be seen as formidable, the best, to make the start for the Yankees to, to start the season? 1999. Roger Clemens. So, Roger Clemens came to the Yankees uh, in 1999. Again, that was the big three-way uh, player trade uh, that sent David Wells and Graham Lloyd up to, to Toronto. Brought Clemens here uh, to pitch for the Yankees, and he would start the season. Again, it was a lot of expectation for him, and unfortunately, wasn't a good start for the season for him. Uh, it would be a game that the Yankees would lose to the Oakland A's 8-5. to Again, Clemens in 99 didn't really have a good season. Again, he had a bit of a groin issue, um, uh, you know, kind of midway in, so he kind of wasn't 100%, but would, you know, p- uh, pitch well for the Yankees in the World Series Game 4, uh, clinching for the Yankees. So, yeah, even though it wasn't a great season for him statistically-wise, um, it did start off with a bang with a World Championship. And staying in the same time period as Clemens, and we're hearing all these comparisons with Volpe and Derek Jeter and the comparison like that. Well, well, he's the next Jeter and all that. So I figure we'll, we'll do something very Derek Jeter-ish there. So uh, 1996, who did Derek Jeter on opening day hit his first career home run off of? It was on the road. Kind of a coldish day. Gray uniform on the road there. Derek Jeter hits a home run off of Dennis Martinez. And finally, and I mentioned this name, you know, because this name actually... Came up a lot during the World Baseball Classic, the most recent one, so I figured maybe I'll integrate it a little bit with Yankee history and opening day. So let's see if you get again. If you watch the World Baseball Classic, um, you know, there might be a name that was mentioned several times, so, you know, this one might just come at you, but we'll see. We'll see if you can get this one now. We're going to go to first base. So who started first base for the Yankees on opening day in both the 1983 and 1984 seasons? So who was the Yankee first baseman to start the season? So what 80s, Yankees, first base, does a name come to your mind? Maybe. Did you watch the World Baseball Classic? Any coaches? Any, any players doing batting practice? Griffey. Ken Griffey Sr. So Ken Griffey Sr., the father of Ken Griffey Jr., um, played first base for the Yankees in the 1983-1984 and started first base there. Now you might think, wait, what about Don Mattingly? So Don Mattingly actually originally came over with the Yankees um, during September of 82. was like a defensive uh, 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 replacement and he got, he got his first hit actually it was a uh, september of 11th of 82 he was against the baltimore orioles but he obviously he was he was called up for the minors now in 83 he also came up to play for the big club but only only played 91 games but again wasn't in the starting uh lineup there for the yankees and of course by 84 he took over the job from ken griffey senior and then from there of course manning became manning leave had those like, five or six those terrific seasons but 83 84 the opening day starting first baseman was Ken Griffey Sr. Now, if you watch the World Baseball Classic, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was one of the coaches, as well as Andy Pettit. Uh, it was kind of cool to see that. And, of course, Ken Griffey Jr. took some batting practice, cracked some balls out there, uh, kind of had that old swing. Yeah, he put a few 
few few extra pounds around the waist. Yeah, a lot of retired players like that. But it was good to see that good swing there. So I figured I want to find a way to integrate the World Baseball Classic with this final question. So yes, first baseman. So if anyone you know stops you in a bar or something like that, that that's a good trick one because most ninety percent of people are going to think it's Don Manning, but no, it was Ken Griffey Sr. in '83 and '84. So I hope you enjoyed those Yankee opening day trivia questions. Use them on your friends and family. You seem like a really smart guy there. Hey, I didn't know this stuff. Well, I won't tell anyone you stole from the show. So the Yankees start the season. I guess fans are going to be happy. That's the idea that, again, Volpe is going to start with, as they say, welcome to the show. Um, can you handle this? Can you handle the pressure? You know, it's one thing to do in spring training, but now you're doing it now. I think he'll be fine. Uh, again, he just seems to have a, a certain way about him, certain makeup that kind of differs from someone like maybe like an Andohar or Clint Frazier. Uh, Volpe just seems much more mature than those two were. So I think he can handle it. I think he'll be fine. So I think it's going to be his job to keep moving forward there. Again, offensively, much better than IKF there. So it's going to be hard for IKF, again, to find some at-bats. Other for the Yankees, you know, you worry about Severino being down as well as Stanton not starting the season hot. But again, we have a long season to go, so don't panic yet.